from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. It was honestly just a bunch of white people who ca- talked about, you know, we got to save the trees and clean the water, which is all great and good, but I couldn't go out in the woods. I couldn't go to these beaches that they were talking about. But, you know, we have this divide with the state lines. There's Illinois people, there's Missouri people, there's also rural and urban. Yeah, yeah. The matter of fact is, these issues will continue to to perpetuate itself as long as we are staying in silos. And yet at the same time, you're having this festival in a city that hasn't collected recycling from residents for 11 months now. So we need to come together and go to them and be like, hey, we know what you're here for. We need you to do better. This is what we need from you. I'm Sarah Fenske. Earth Day is back in Forest Park this year after a two-year hiatus. It's happening this weekend, and it will include a free rock climbing wall, bird shows, yoga, and some excellent bands, including Sharon Bear and the Cubs and Fire Dog. And that is Fire Dog's song, Passenger Pigeon. It's from the St. Louis Band's 2018 Endangered Species Project. They perform on the Muni Grounds in Forest Park as part of this year's two-day Earth Day Festival. It takes place this coming Saturday and Sunday. And joining us now to tell us all about it is Jess Watson. She is the executive director of Earth Day 365. That's the nonprofit organization behind St. Louis's Earth Day festivities. So, Jess, welcome back. Thank you. So happy to be here, Sarah. So it's actually been three years since we could celebrate Earth Day together. Do you you feel ready for this year's event? Oh, we are so ready. Yeah, I think the whole community is just waiting with bated breath for this to come back. Yeah, Yeah. it's our time to celebrate together. And I think everybody needs that. Yeah, it does feel like something people are really looking forward to. You have so much on tap this year. I mentioned the rock climbing wall and the bird shows, but there's also some really serious issues you're bringing attention to. And you're doing that through what you call the Sustainability Awards. This is brand new this year. It is. It is. Um, You know, there's so many people in St. Louis that are doing amazing work and they're flying under the radar. So we wanted to bring some more attention to those folks and to their projects. And so we have five awards uh, that we'll be giving out this year. um, And it's at a ceremony with Cori Bush. So we're super excited about that. Um, And so we're we're just really excited to have everybody there um, and to um, talk about the amazing work that's going on. So I think it's safe to say one of these awards, these are not necessarily nominees who've been flying under the radar. This is the Hellbender Lifetime Achievement in Sustainability. (laughs) These are for the big guns. These are the big guns. People (laughs) might recognize these names. Who are the nominees for this award? Sure. Um, So the nominees are Wayne Garber. He is president of the Gateway Electric Vehicle Association. Um, He's been there um, working on electric vehicle uh, advocacy for 40 years and 
um, I think it's finally come to the forefront. You know, he's finally seeing some some actual emotion, um, which is exciting. Um, Gene Ponzi, who's been at the center of the Green Movement for um, so many years now. Yes, everyone loves her. Uh, and um, she's at the Earthways Center. She's done the Earthworms um, podcast and radio show for 25 years. Um, and then Emily Andrews. She's the executive director of the U.S. Green Building Council, or USGBC. Um, and she's also been a behind-the-scenes player on getting a lot of amazing um, uh, things passed, such as the Building Energy Performance Standards, which was a real real landmark both for the region and nationally, um, Mm -hmm. and can have a big impact on climate change by requiring uh, buildings to really have higher energy standards. And then she also hired Kara Spencer recently um, to launch the new Building Energy Exchange to really help businesses um, conform to those new standards. So even though she's a little bit behind the scenes, she has huge impact in the region. Um, and then John Reesberg, um, he's he's actually a former Merits executive, but he's served on many environmental boards and he's a lifelong conservationist. Um, and so uh, we wanted to put him up for the award as well. So these are some people doing some big things, doing it over decades of service. You're also giving out the Keystone Community Activist Award. And we're going to meet one of this year's finalists in just a moment. Before we meet her, can you tell us what the idea is? is with this particular award? Sure. Uh, We wanted to focus um, energy and and light on the amazing environmental justice work that's happening in the region. Um, And so we asked for nominees um, that have impacted uh, in areas of um, food justice, um, air quality, um, lead poisoning prevention, um, vacancy, uh, illegal dumping, and we got uh, just a host of amazing candidates. I think we had about 14 candidates total. Um, we had maybe top five that rose rose to the top. Yeah. So one of those top five is here with us today. This is Leah Clyburn. She's a senior training partner for the Sierra Club's Missouri chapter. She's also co-founder of Community First Plus. That's an environmental organization that's committed to regenerative community development, sustainable living, and raising awareness of the environmental racism that impacts Black brown and low-income zip codes in St. Louis. And um, as Jess mentioned there, this year she is a finalist for Earth Day 365's Keystone Community Activist Award. So Leah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So Leah, I want to dig into a little bit of your work today because I think environmental justice may be a phrase that people are just starting to get familiar with. It seems like this kind of defines everything you work on. Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful combination, right, of the conversation of our fight, our desire for a healthy environment that we live in where we can eat healthy food, breathe clean air, and grow um, on and live off of a land that is not going to poison us, right? So so that's like the environmental conservation aspect of it. But then the justice is really demanding that we have policies that support this this initiative, that these these um these uh, concerns or the asks to be good stewards of this earth, right? Um, that is actually all of our responsibilities. So what we can't do that is sometimes we just need the policies to back us up. And so, yeah, that's an opportunity that that what environmental justice really is all about. You've written that when you first started reading about climate change, it wasn't something that you could immediately connect with. It took things that were happening right <laughs> in your neighborhood for yeah. you to be like, whoa, the environment. Right. So like, you know, when you first talk about environment, uh, the environmental movement, movement in general, what do you see? It was not a movement that was multiracial, 
right? It was honestly just a bunch of white people who talked about, you know, we got to save the trees and clean the water, which is all great and good. But, you know, my lived experience was I couldn't go out in the woods. I couldn't go to these beaches that they were talking about. And I'm lucky. My family's Jamaican. Um, I'm Jamaican-American. But even still, those are resorts that they were talking about. And Mm -hmm. we didn't go there either. So as we moved forward in this conversation, it broadened it to be like, everyone needs to be at this table to have this conversation. Um, I've been an organizer here in St. Louis for over 11 years now. And this is the one conversation that involves everyone. You can't deny that if our air is not clean, like say St. Charles, it is not clean in the farthest parts of North St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, we all have to come together and it's a beautiful thing when everyone does come together. So Jess, Leah mentioned there this perception over time that the environmental movement is just frankly, fairly affluent white people. Is that something that the movement has had to sort of grapple with? I think absolutely um, many parts of the St. Louis environmental movement and the the national environmental movement are grappling with this right now. And I think the last two years um, have been a racial reckoning for for many of us. We're certainly um, working really hard internally at Earth Day 365 to actively become an anti-racist organization. And I know um, at MCE and at many other environmental organizations, they're also having their own yeah. internal reckonings. The Sierra yeah. Club is foremost among That's them, right. for That's sure. Right. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why um, Leah is is such a great um, role model, and for, for the, and particularly in this category, um, up for this award, is because she um, brings this strong sense of accountability for the environmental movement with love. You know, she um, is so good at having those tough conversations and um, helping organizations move to the next level. That idea of doing it with love. And and Jess mentioned there that the Sierra Club, this is something they've really been grappling with, too. So you're coming in to your employer with some love, but but maybe some gentle corrective. Well, we call that agitation, right? And like... You know, it's kind of like you think about it, only your mom is going to pull you by the collar and be like, your clothes is an iron. Don't walk outside looking like that. Or you got something on your face, even with the little lick and the fix. But nevertheless, that's with love. People who care to correct something that has been going on that's not necessarily correct, that's an act of love. That is a risk that they are taking to say, I'm investing in you to do better, and I know that's what you want to do. So how can we do this, right? And it's only going to be love that's going to get us there. Um, We didn't start this, and I say this like everywhere I go. We didn't start it. This happened so many years before us, um, and it's not going to be us to finish it if it's only us doing it. It's going to take every voice, every piece of the representation, Presentation that are that in, that's involved in our whole community to come together and say why we need cleaner air. What does this look like for us to have cleaner air, have clean land, to have healthy food access, um, and demand clean water? Um, and the only way that we can do that possibly is by connecting to the humanity um, that we all actually we can't deny that exists. And do you feel like, um, broadly speaking, the environmental movement has been receptive to that kind of loving corrective? You know, you have to pay attention to this. You have to bring in these voices. They're they're you listening. You know, with change, you always have uh, you always have pressure, right? Um, I I like to give the analogy of growing pains. It's painful. 
No one remembers, thank God, of what it was like. But nevertheless, it is painful. And so to call for change now um, in regards to our movement is just that. Um, there, there's a reckoning that needs to happen. There, We were talking, I was on a call the other day with some folks from TNC, and we were talking about land acknowledgement. That's and, the Nature Conservancy. Yes, yes, thank you, <laughs> Dargan. Um, but the importance of how all of us, especially within the um, the green movement, have to start talk really grappling with what does it mean for land and land back mm-hmm. and and not just giving land acknowledgement, but who owns what, right? Mm-hmm. And and so that is a hard conversation to have when it was through that ownership that we were able to preserve. Right. So it's an ongoing conversation. It's going to take a lot of love. It's going to take a lot of patience. It's going to take a lot of creativity. But at the other side of that comes something so much more valuable and so much more sustainable. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation with Leah and with Jess. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. Welcome back. We are previewing the Earth Day Festival that returns to Forest Park this weekend. Again, that is happening Saturday and Sunday. We have complete details on our website, stlonair.show. So, Leah, last summer, you organized a rally for cleaner air. Um, This happened in a very unusual spot that I think got a lot of people's attention. You actually did this at the McKinley Bridge. What was the idea behind that location? So that was a fun one. Um, That was one that uh, I was actually working with one of my mentees, uh, Emmeline Giles from MCU or Metropolitan Congregations United. And I... I we had just finished going to um, meet with the um, EPA, and I was like, you know what? We need to have an action that really addresses our regional issues. Like this river is so long, it's so wide, and all the things that's happening is along this river. And so we rallied up with multiple organizations from um, throughout St. Louis and East St. Louis to really elevate the concerns that are impacting all of us mm. because. Like many things, the environment and the pollution has no borders. Um, the water flows as it's going to go and carries that right along with it, as lo- as well as the air that we breathe. It moves from west to east and it gets everyone. Um, and so we really did it to to acknowledge that our waste that that um, that comes from uh, the air pollution that comes from our coal stacks that's here in Missouri. It it is highly effective and affecting the lives of folks that are in East St. Louis all the way to Chicago. Um, there has been many a research as well as cases filed um, holding our utilities accountable for just that um, so that we can regulate uh, these coal fire plants 
to provide better resources because this is not the source anymore, right? It's doing more harm than good, and we need to do better. And we're all neighbors, so yeah, yeah, it was fun. So just hearing Leah talk about this, it seems like so obvious when she says it. Like, yeah, you know, the air doesn't um, it, it doesn't know state borders, right? It's it's going from That's Illinois right. to Missouri. People are affected on both sides, and yet it seems so often among the many silos in this area are the ones across state lines. Right. Is that something that you found yourself thinking of as as you were putting together this year's program and and thinking about uh, the, the nominees and, and the work being done in the area? Well, it is something that we um, we try and be aware of, and the Earth Day Festival certainly draws folks from um, Illinois as well as rural Missouri and the metro, the metropolitan area. Um, but um, I, you know, I would say probably most of our uh, nominees are um, within St. Louis this mm-hmm. year. It would be great to expand that maybe um, in successive years as people as it gets more well known and um, and you know people nominate folks. Um, next year. Yeah, I mean, one of the other divides I think about, you know, we have this divide with the state lines. There's Illinois people, there's Missouri people, there's also rural and urban. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's that's right, right? And, like, the matter of fact is, these situations, these issues will continue to to perpetuate itself as long as we are stating in silos. But like one year, right before COVID, we were down in Labadee, Missouri, and we were working with LEO, um, the Labadee Environmental Organization. And they were like, man, Leah, like no one's listening to us. We're farmers. People think, you know, they have all these dog whistles about us. But we're, we just, we're just trying to preserve the land that our grandparents and our parents' parents farmed on. But it's getting, you know, overridden by all of this groundwater pollution that's happening. And then you go over to North St. Louis and the same conversation. This is a different land and, and different kinds of people. And yet they're saying the same thing. We're being ignored. We love our neighborhood. We're trying to maintain our family homes and no one's listening. And right before COVID, we were all going to come together and just really cross that bridge. And that's the point. That's what's exciting about what 365 is really doing with this event and further is like we are all working together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I love most about this movement is the environmental justice space is saying there are no silos. We are all in, impacted in various different ways. But nevertheless, the solution is simple. And that is to clean up our air, clean up our water and clean up our land and give us the policies we need to protect our futures moving forward. But I think sometimes the language can be hard between the two groups. And so Leah has just served as this amazing translator between (laughs) uh, community groups and how their people are individually being affected by the pollution and then the language of environmentalists and scientists and then the rural and urban languages. You know, you just go across it all and it's really amazing. That's so humbling. Thank you so much for saying that. (laughs) So when we talk about environmental justice, um, what does that look like for our region? Like, how can we do better on this? There's obviously so many things that need to be addressed. So, you know, I know that people feel that this is a situation or an issue that is daunting. There's just so much. And there is. It is. But at the end of the day, we we can't get complacent. We can't just put our hands up and just say, well, this is how it is. You know, we spoke about Emily Andrews. Emily joined um, many activists to go to the city and say, hey, we need we need to move to more renewable resources like wind and solar for our city. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we were able to get our city invested. We have resolution 124. We need we as community members need to tell the people who work for us, which are our policy makers, hey, 
you got this resolution, make it law, right? Yeah. We have our, um, we have the Missouri, um, uh, the MDNR, um, Nash, Natural. Department of Natural Resources. Thank you, thank you. Sometimes you switch, right, from the acronyms. But it's them too, right? They are they are assigned to do a role to protect and preserve the land for us, mm-hmm. for the people. So we need to come together and go to them and be like, hey, we know what you're here for. We need you to do better. This is what we need from you. And so on and so forth. And continue, like many of the nominees here, We've all worked together, mm-hmm. right? Um, honestly, when I found out that I was nominated, I thought we, um, I was being informed that one of my friends were getting celebrated. And I was like, yeah, great. Congratulations, right? Because you're looking at the list and you're like, oh, I know this person. I, didn't I know, know that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yay, sure, we're going to have a dinner. What are we going to do? What I need to bring? You know, I didn't <laughs> think that it was for me, right? Yeah. And it's because we are a community. And no matter whether we're a community of people who know each other and do the work or we're just literally neighbors. We all need to get back into the the wonderful scheme of things that is what it means to be St. Louisans. And St. Louisans love to know each other, right? We're the only place I've ever been to where we smile with each other. We love our baseball. We love our hockey. And when something's not right, we are the show me state. We want you to show us what you're going to do to fix it. And when community comes together, we can make real change. And so that's that's what people can do. Don't sit back and just look at things. Ask questions. Demand for answers. And if the solution isn't to make it better, then that's not the answer that we wait for. So this is actually a perfect segue into the headliner of this year's event. This is Congresswoman Cori Bush, who I imagine would give all of that an amen. Um, So the opening ceremony and sustainability awards, these are happening this Saturday at 1 p.m. Representative Bush has done a lot in this area. Do you feel like she's on the right track? Yes, uh, we're very excited with the direction that she's taking in terms of um, environmental policy at the federal level. Um, She introduced a bill focused on environmental justice monitoring, um, which is incredibly important because so many uh, communities that are affected by environmental justice, they know that this is happening to them. They can see the asthma rates on their block in children, but they don't necessarily have the air monitors to be able to show it and to be able to take that to the policymakers. And so um, that's why I, I think that the bill that she introduced was incredibly important. Yeah. yeah. So there, it seems like there's more attention being paid to this. People are talking about environmental justice in a way. It feels like I didn't even hear that phrase three years ago. Maybe I was behind the times. But now everybody's talking about this. And yet at the same time, you're having this festival in a city that hasn't collected recycling from residents for 11 months now. Does it feel like we're taking some steps forward? And at the same time, we're taking some big steps back. We are. And that's why organizations like Earth Day 365 and the Sierra Club and residents need to demand, you know, what the change that they want to see in terms of uh, sustainability. So I I would just encourage everybody to figure out who your local representatives are, make sure that they know what you think. Yeah. And we also want to encourage people, you can come out in person, celebrate this great event. This, again, is happening Saturday and Sunday. It's 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's at the Muni Grounds in Forest Park. And we should mention, while you're there, you can be sure and stop by the St. Louis Public Radio booth. You You can say hello. You can (laughs) grab some public radio swag. You can also get the chance to win tickets to see comedian Paula Poundstone, uh, who's coming to town on April 30th. Yet another reason to go to this (laughs) Earth Day event. So, Jess Watson, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah.
And Jess is the executive director of Earth Day 365. They're going to be throwing this event this weekend. Leah Clyburn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been great. And Leah is a senior training partner for the Sierra Club's Missouri chapter, also a finalist for Earth Day 365's Keystone Community Activist Award. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.